Today is my birthday. And I don't like talking about myself a lot. I, I try to talk about my work sometimes, but I don't like talking about myself sometimes. And I, I'm actually going to take today to tell a story about me and an event that happened when I was very young that has shaped my outlook on life ever since. And I shared this actually with some friends the other day, and their reaction to it kind of inspired me to share it with you all. So I hope you enjoyed this very different episode of Project Shadow, because I, I don't usually do stuff like this. So let's talk about me on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And yeah, today's going to be a personal story. It's a sad story, but it has a positive, out I don't want to say outcome or message because it's a very sad, tragic story, but I, I learned a very positive lesson from this terrible thing that happened. And Given, like I said, the reaction I had when I talked about this with some friends over the weekend, I, I think it's a valuable lesson to share into the world. So let's do that. But before we do, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better the chance we get to actually communicate with each other. And after all, that's why I do the podcast in the first place. Okay, so hi. I, I've made no bones about the fact that I am not one of those people that makes friends easy. Um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a loner, but I, I'm not comfortable around people. I'm not comfortable around large groups of people, especially. But it's hard for me to trust and get to know people, primarily because we moved around a lot when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a child, by the, by the age of nine, we had lived in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, Ellington, Missouri. We had moved to Milan, Tennessee, Texas, Kansas. Um, I believe on the Arkansas side, but I'm not sure which side. We were in because there's a Texas Ar there's a Texarkana, Texas and a Texarkana, Arkansas. I think we were on the Arkansas side, but I may be wrong about that. Then we moved to New Boston, um, te Texas, and then we moved to back to Poplar Bluff, and then there was a large chunk of time spent in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, and then back in Poplar Bluff, and then in Oklahoma City, and then back in Poplar Bluff, and then. When I was nine, we moved to Frederick, Maryland. So that, that's a lot of moving. And so I never really had the chance to make long-term friends in most of the places that I lived in. And so it's, it's never been a skill that I've been all that adept at. And 
when we moved to Maryland, I was very clear that I just, I was tired of moving and please don't move around anymore. And much to my surprise, my father did, had, he had several jobs while we were there, but we stayed in Frederick, Maryland. And I actually was there from fifth grade through graduation. And then my parents moved and I didn't, and I stayed there for quite some time. But so Maryland is the place that I have lived most in my life. So having said that, you know, when I moved there, it was as usual, hard for me to make friends. And so like my sister would set me up with the, you know, her friends, younger siblings and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, when you're a kid, friendship is a fairly easy thing. Like you like the Transformers. I like the Transformers. Yay. We're friends. But, you know, it was hard for me to get close to people because I just didn't know how to do that. And well, the, this was the place where I first started making those relationships. And amongst the people that I became friends with was a boy named Jimmy. And for those of you who have heard me tell stories, this is not my poor, unfortunate straight friend, Jimmy. This is a different Jimmy. I've known so many Jimmy's, James's and Jim's throughout my life that there's a reason why most of them have nicknames because they need nicknames <laughs> to tell them apart and keep them separate in my head. Because at one point in time, I had at least seven James, Jim or Jimmy's in my life. And then there was a secret James because I didn't know, but I didn't know that that was their middle name. But anyway, Jimmy was among that cadre of early friends that I made when I moved to Maryland. And we went to elementary school together and we lived in the same apartment blocks. And so I lived on one side of the street. He lived on the other side of the street. And we were so close to school that we would walk to school in the morning and walk home at night. And so we would kind of wait at this four way cross, you know, this four way intersection. And, you know, Jimmy would show up and. Um, Robbie and some of the others would show up and then we would go the rest of the way to school because it was like a block for us to walk to school. And so one morning we went to, we were on our way to school and this is, would be when I was in fifth grade. So nine, 10 years old, somewhere in there, we got to the intersection and, you know, people started showing up, but Jimmy didn't. and. We didn't think anything of it at the time. We just presumed that he had the flu or he had a cold or something and was staying home for the day. And we actually talked about going to his house, going to his apartment before we went on to school, but it was getting late because we'd waited for a while and we didn't want to be late for school. So we just went on to school. And there we were in Mr. Simmons' class because... <laughs> I, I will never forget him. Um, we were sitting in Mr. Simmons' class, and the school counselor came in and told us that Jimmy had been shot that morning and killed, that he was dead. And if we needed to talk to her, she would be available to us. 
And it it took a little bit for it to set in. I mean, Jimmy's not the first person that I knew that had died. My grandfather, my grandpa Dorset, died when I was five, I think, five or six. And a couple other relatives had passed by then. And so I, I had been to several funerals by that point. I I was at least acquainted with the concept of death. I kind of grew up on farms and we kind of hunted for a lot of animals. My, you know, not even going to get into that part, but I, I was used to the idea of things dying and what that meant. But it never really like hit me that somebody my age, especially being that young, could die, could just suddenly be taken out of the world because. You know, everybody that I knew that had died was old. You know, like I said, it was my grandfather and other people, you know, and when you're when you're a kid, you know, anybody over 20 just seems ancient. You know what I'm saying? And this was somebody that was my age. This is somebody that was in my school and one of the first new friends that I had in this strange new town. And it was a it was a strange experience so we we didn't really have class for the rest of the day they brought in paper and art supplies and encouraged us to get our feelings out and being the person that I am I ended up drawing a lot of pictures that day and I didn't really talk about it with anybody cuz that that's kind of my curse in life I'm not one of those I know you think that's probably a lie because of, you know, me doing a daily podcast and because of, you know, if you've ever met me at a convention, you know, I have a reputation for being a bit of a talker, but I'm not one of those people that really talks a lot. I keep a lot inside. And this is one of those things that I maybe shouldn't have kept inside, but I did because they knew that, you know, who Jimmy's friends were because they knew who he hung out with at recess and all that. And so they kind of paid special attention to us. And it was one of the hardest early experiences that I had had because he was never going to come to school again. I was never going to see my friend Jimmy again. And not because he got sick, not because he was old, but because somebody killed him somebody murdered him and that set me down a very novel path in life and where this story takes a strange turn is how i ended up reacting to this because i i would say that a lot of my more gothic instincts were solidified in that moment they existed before i was a huge fan already at that age of edgar Allan poe and a lot of gothic literature it was something that my sister would buy for me because you know she bought me like the works of edgar Allan poe and mark twain and what you know like those classic book sets you know that you give the kids and i loved the edgar Allan poe stuff and so she would get me like scary books and stuff and she's how i read dracula for the first time and all that so I had a lot of those gothic tendencies already, and 
I, I want to stress that because I think there's this weird narrative that people like me who are into the more macabre things in life, they're that way because of some childhood trauma or something. And that's really not the case, at least not for me. You know, I was already kind of into those darker things. I was already listening to metal music at this point in my life. And, you know, I... I loved horror movies and whatnot. You know, I I was already there. <laughs> I was already there. But what this did do for me was it showed me exactly how fragile life was. Because, you know, Jimmy was my age. And he was just suddenly, without warning, removed. He was gone. He was dead. He was murdered. And I realized right then and there that all of these stupid rules, all of these stupid things that people had been foisting upon me for years, all the shame and guilt over not being exactly the person that people wanted to be. And it was useless. It was pointless. Life was short and precious, and we needed to enjoy it. And I wish this would have, like, taught me this for everything, because I was still... I knew that I was queer at this point. And I kind of knew doubly that I was queer. I had already started having those feelings that my body was wrong. And I didn't know about trans people, so I that, that really wasn't a thought readily available to me at the time. But I knew something was wrong with my body, and I knew that, at least at that point in my life, I was a boy who liked boys. And that was a harder shame to get over than a lot of the other things in life. So I don't want you to think that this was some kind of panacea, but this is the moment that, in great part, my shame died. Because... I knew that I just needed to enjoy my friends. I needed to enjoy my family. That all the petty squabbles and all the arguments and all of, you know, that drama that you get involved in in school, it's pointless, it's useless, it's unnecessary. And I just wouldn't abide it. It just wasn't something that I allowed near me. If people started squabbling, you know, I was Switzerland. I I don't didn't want to be a part of it because I knew at any time anybody that I knew could have been taken away from me. I knew that I could be, you know, taken out. I mean, it was just life was so precious that I just didn't want to be part of all that. And people learned that very quickly about me and stopped bringing those things around. And so I didn't have to deal with a lot of that drama. And I think I developed this reputation for helping a lot of other people through their drama because I was a safe space. And it wasn't because, like, I was a good person or I liked to help people or anything like that. It was just I had this realization so young that, you know, at any moment, life can be snuffed out. And so we just have to enjoy the time that we have. We have to love the people that are in our lives and take care of what we can because that's all that we can do. And like I said, when I shared this story over the weekend with some friends of mine that had never heard it, 
they 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 all reacted like I'm so I was some kind of a great person for having this thought and I I, I want to say that that's not true and I also want to stress that it's a lesson that I think everybody needs to learn and it's one that I wish I like I said I wish I had learned deeper I wish I would have fully gra- grasped it because you know here I am nine or ten years old I wouldn't come out of the closet as queer until I was 18. And I was in my 40s by the time I came out to myself as being trans. So it, even though it was a lesson that I learned very early on, there were these compartments of my life that were cut off from it. There were these places in my life that were immune. And that shame dragon could still come back in those special places where I felt so different that it just was okay for me to punish myself for feeling different so my birthday gift to you the reason I did this episode is I I just I need I need you to realize and to resolve to yourself that you're not going to give in to shame and guilt that the world is messed up the world is always been messed up and it will always be messed up. But your life is precious. And all you can really do is find some measure of happiness in this world. Find people that you love and trust and do everything in your power to keep them and yourself strong and safe and together because that's that's all that we have that's really in the end that's all that we have and it was something that I learned early and it's something that I learned late and it's been kind of the guiding principle of my life more people need to live that way It's why I think people don't believe that I'm shy. Because when I'm in a social situation, I don't allow that introverted nature in me to take over. Because I'm in a place where fun is intended to happen. I am going to take advantage of that opportunity. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to force myself to have fun. Because, like I've said so many times in this episode life's short we have to enjoy it while we have it and I'm not going to let anything whether it's my social anxiety my awkwardness any of it from keeping me from having the best life that I can manage and continually striving to have a better life than the one that I currently have because We can always want more. We can always want less. But there's a difference between wanting and being. You have to be honest and loving and kind. Be compassionate. And have fun, dang it. It's one of the reasons why I end every episode of this podcast with have the fun. Because that that to me is the important thing. Because you can't have fun surrounded by injustice and prejudice and hatred. You can't have fun surrounded by pain and 
misery. You have to carve out a place for fun to exist. And that's what I hopefully do on this podcast. And I hope I didn't bum anybody out with my sad story. But I I learned so much from it and I just wanted to share. So that's my birthday present to you. This is the most important thing that I've ever learned in life. And I hope it helps some of you as much as it's helped me. If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate the podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on really does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, especially if you're doing national novel writing month this month and want to include your journey in the Friday wrap up for the week, I would love to hear from you. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both the voice message system and my Patreon. I live off of the money that, you know, I support myself and my business off of the money that I get from this podcast and from the sale of my books and the wonderful gifts that people give when they join the project. And it really does mean the world to me. So thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. It's perfectly all right. I completely understand. But if you know anybody you think would like my work, do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. And finally, if you'd like to connect with me on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. And yeah, this is kind of a heavy episode and I'm kind of feeling that. And I'm hoping I feel kind of unlifted, uplifted at the end. And I hope you do too. So hopefully you learn to live a shame-free life. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.